it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. You're just another dirtbag. Some would say. But today on the show, I'm doing classy stuff. Dana Perino is going to be here. She's the co-host of America's Newsroom. We're also going to have a grown-up talk with Diamond Dave Landau about Pride Month, which kicks off today, which is a little shocking because if you live anywhere in America, you kind of felt like the last 11 months were Pride Month just the same. I think he's got a part. But we'll get into the specifics uh, regarding the L.A. Dodgers and a group of transgender nuns that are being honored uh, before a game this month. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know, but we're going to try to solve that mystery today. It's a busy day. We're setting the bar high. 888 888- 788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show a show that has no rules at all no qualifications for being a part of it i don't care where you come from i don't care what color you are i don't care how smart you are i don't care how dumb you are i play that clip a lot because i mean it okay you can be a republican on the show you can be a democrat i say this every day man just don't be a there's so many of those in our politics right now we're trying to be that port in the storm You can just kind of come by and talk about the news and you can take the issues seriously, but you don't have to take yourself seriously. That's all it is. Okay, the world is on fire. We're over here roasting radio marshmallows. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Oh, one thing we're not digging, uh, but we're making do on. Uh, If you watched me last night on Kennedy. Uh, That was, in fact, the final time you'll ever see me on Kennedy. Yeah, the kid's not happy, but if you saw the reports out in the media, uh, the Kennedy show has been canceled on the Fox Business Network. She's still on tour with me on the Laughs and Liberty tour. We'll be in Davenport, Iowa this weekend. And thankfully, I think everybody at Fox would tell you this, uh, she is going to remain on the channel. You will see her all the time on Fox News and America's Newsroom and Outnumbered and, of course, The Five and every other place they put her. You can pretty much plug her into anything because she's pound for pound, probably the most versatile person to ever work in cable news. She started as an MTV VJ. So, you know, the mood's a little heavy for me today because Kennedy hired me. This is how I got started in this business. And the thing I gravitated towards is, you know, obviously our sense of humor is both pretty debauched. We like a lot of dirty jokes and silly stuff, and we both kind of have the same approach to America, which is that as divided as we are politically, we still have freedom! And it's something to be celebrated and cherished. And I always loved that about her. But what I truly, you know, was, you know, gravitated towards uh, was just she's just so she really is so talented, man. Okay, you understand, like when we host a TV show, there's somebody in your ear telling you you got to rap. There's somebody in the other ear telling you, you know, there's a video you can play if you want to. There's a guy on screen yelling at you. There's, you know, there's a lot happening. And within the context of all of that, she was always able to be really funny, um, you know, painfully honest, not only with her viewers, but with her guests. I mean, she would cut people down uh, if it was warranted. You're an idiot! You know, just the same as she would probably save her strongest barbs for the people running the country. 
country. Thanks, big government weenuses. So it's never a good day for me, like somebody who really just roots hard for talent and profoundly talented people to see one of their shows get canceled. But it's, you know, reality of television. The show's been on the air for eight years. I was a guest on the very first episode uh, and uh, really proud of the work they did there. At one point I was writing that show and it was really badass. And uh, I'm just like today as I get on the air, just really thankful she's still going to be here and we're still going to see a lot of her because she's just so damn good. So to the K train, uh, this buds for you. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, can you still say this buds for you, actually? I think he's got a point. <laughs> did, I, did I just insult the woman by offering her a bud? I do not know. Uh, But I will remain forever grateful regardless of how that salute was received uh, for the time I spent on that show, both as a guest, as a writer, uh, and as a friend. Uh, Unfortunately, though, for the rest of the country, uh, the one show they didn't cancel uh, is the Biden administration. Correct the mundo. Let me give you some of this press briefing yesterday, okay? because what's going on in Washington right now is just a fascinating standoff between the people trying to investigate Joe Biden and the establishment people in the Department of Justice that are trying to protect Joe Biden. That's what's going on right now, okay? James Comer, as you know, chair of the House Oversight Committee, had subpoenaed a document in possession of Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI. Christopher Wray has a document that is a detailed account of a whistleblower that says Joe Biden was selling influence as the vice president of the United States. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We don't know that he's in trouble because Ray doesn't want to hand it over yet. They're still kind of human shielding for the guy. So what James Comer had said is he was giving Ray until yesterday to let them have the document or he was going to find them in contempt of Congress. Because, again, if someone is fighting not to show you what they know. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? 99 times out of 100, they're probably a scam. Okay, so John Kirby yesterday is giving a briefing, uh, and he gets flat out asked about what's going on with Biden. Uh, has a pretty hard time coming up with an answer. <laughs> this is clip one. There's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Wow. <laughs> Can I take that question? President, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. And as for the, 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 the whistleblower issue that you talked about and uh, – um, and the, the, the document, I, I, I believe the FBI has spoken to that. And you're going to have to go to them on that. You are so full of sh- Now, I actually correct ourselves there because he was telling the truth when he said the president has spoken to these claims. Okay, the president has spoken to these claims. Unfortunately, at the times he spoke to these claims, he was lying. Bingo. Okay, the president has spoken to these claims. If you remember during the 2020 election, he said, this is Russian disinformation. We've got 51 former intel officials. We now know, okay, that all 51 of these intel officials are now trying to distance themselves from the letter because it was drafted up by the Biden campaign. They were urged to sign it. It was the textbook definition of election interference. So when Biden said, oh, I've never talked to my son, Hunter, about his business dealings. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. We know he talked to his son about his business dealings. We have emails 
saying he talked to his son about his business dealings. We have voicemails of him talking to his son about his business dealings. We have pictures of his son and him and his son's business partners getting together after lunch at Cafe Milano. Are you the big man, Joe? Hunter Biden's business partner said, yes, he is the big man. So understand that he's technically telling you the truth when he says the president has spoken to this. But what he's not acknowledging is that the president was lying when he did. And understand, when the FBI, when the DOJ is going to the lengths that it has to obstruct this investigation, whistleblowers came forward because they said, hey, we're doing this IRS investigation into Hunter Biden. And they're firing half the staff. They're telling me to stand down. They're violating basic procedures. You understand that is an effort at obstruction. Is it within the confines of the law? Probably. They know what they're doing. You know, they're not going to send an email that says, hey, break the law on Tuesday. They're just going to operate in those gray areas where they can slow roll an investigation and they can deny you access. But the reason this stuff matters, okay, and it does matter, is whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, you live in this country, and as the country goes, you go. It's the basic premise of this show every day, is I'm trying to approach these issues not from a way that will get Republicans elected, but from a way that will get every one of our listeners to realize these people in Washington work for us. And if the employees aren't behaving properly, number one, we have the right to demand accountability. Number two, if they won't give it to us, we have every right to fire them. Okay, the people running the FBI, the people running the DOJ should be fired. Okay, the people who told you, no, the Bidens weren't selling influence overseas. This is Russian disinformation. They did that knowing it was a lie. And not only were they engaged in influence peddling overseas, which may or may not be illegal based on the law. Again, they know how to operate in in gray areas. They're career criminals. That's all Washington is. Okay, but understand the Bidens were getting money from foreign entities, wiring it through 15 shell companies, and it would end up in the bank accounts of their grandchildren in some instances. Has anyone listening to the show ever been involved in a legitimate business transaction? in which you exchanged payment by wiring it through 15 separate shell companies and making the money go in your grandkids' name? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. You never have because there's no such thing as a legitimate business transaction where the money is moved around the way it has. So the reason James Comer wants this access is because they just want the truth. And the media that doesn't cover the story, I'm telling you if you're a liberal listener, okay, the media is failing you. Okay, this is your president, this is your government, this is your country. Okay, if he's compromised, you're compromised. Again, I don't have the proof. I'm a responsible broadcaster. But I'm telling you, if they lied about whether or not they talked to their son's business partners, if they lied about whether or not they were getting this money overseas, can you really take them at their word when they tell you that they aren't compromised? Again, the answer would be no. You can't. That's the problem. And is Joe Biden governing as if America is his top priority? You know the answer to that, too. Of course, it's no. Again, no one's rooting for Russia over in the Ukrainian war, but we sure are sending a hell of a whole lot of money over to Ukraine, a country where Biden not only raked in a million a month on behalf of his son, but once openly bragged about getting a prosecutor fired who was going to investigate some of the corruption in the country. You know, the corruption him and his family happen to be benefiting from. So you understand, I don't have the proof. I'm responsible. I don't get on the air and deal with you in absolutes. 
but it is absolutely worth us finding out the truth about what's going on. Okay, let me give you a little bit more of this, okay? James Comer was on Hannity last night. A show I was supposed to be on, by the way. I got bumped at the last second. That's just how white folks will do you. Me and Sean are still friends. Don't worry. It's going to be fun. But here is James Comer on Hannity uh, talking about his phone call to FBI Director Christopher Wray, clip two. He offered us the opportunity to come look at it in a private chip, but he he was going to redact it. My experience with getting documents from the FBI when they're redacted, it's all black lines. They don't show anything. But uh, I'm going to say on this show what we told Director Ray, what Senator Grassley told Director Ray. He and I have already seen the 1023 form. We knew what was in the 1023 form. Until we told Director Ray that, he never even admitted that the form existed. So the, the level of confidence that we have with Director Ray only went down. It only declined throughout the conversation. So uh, we will go there and look at the redacted document, but we know what's in the document. This is ridiculous. Okay, you understand? They know what's in the document. But Christopher Ray is still obstructing the process. Let me give you a little more of Comer. Uh, this is clip three. And the reason we find this allegation credible, not only because of the credibility of the whistleblower, but because we've seen a pattern of Joe Biden when he was vice president leaving a country after he talks about foreign aid and foreign policy and his family members start receiving payments from that company through shell companies that are then laundered down to Biden family members. So there is a pattern of behavior. And we saw that in Romania. We've seen that in China. We've seen that in other countries that would suggest that this allegation has merit. See? Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, this is a whistleblower who came forward. It's a whistleblower they're now trying to sweep under the rug. When you hear John Kirby say, oh, you know, the president's spoken to that. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Yeah, no, he's spoken to it. You're right. Let the record show that he's spoken to it, but he was full of And when you hear somebody like Kirby getting out there and trying to change the subject, you know, when you see somebody like Christopher Ray trying to slow roll the investigation, understand, guys, they don't do that if there's nothing to hide. He knows what he's talking about. Understand, if you ever one of the funniest things you'll ever do in your life, and funny, it's just funny, okay, purely funny, is if you've ever in your life walked into a room where another person just slammed a laptop shut. <laughs> You do not want to know what was going on on that laptop. I don't want to get into the specifics of the type of illicit video they were watching. But the point is, okay, they shut it fast for a reason. Christopher Ray, your FBI director, John Kirby, your FBI director. Just slam that laptop shut pretty quick. And I can tell you as a guy who's been on both sides of that equation, that's never a good sign. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.
It is Fox Across America. The radio buddy Jimmy Fallon reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. You can call into the show. You can listen to old replays of the show. Play the clip. Lucy, I'm talking to you, girlfriend. (laughs) We had a wild one on the show yesterday. But I loved it because it really spoke to the ethos of what this show is. Everybody's welcome at this show. This is a regular guy. I have no formal broadcast training. My superpower is the fact that I don't have an actual superpower. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. You know, some of these guys out on the radio are talented. They're educated. You know, some of these radio hosts are really, you know, these guys are talented and smart, and some of them are really good looking. All right. Well, the point is, these are guys with skills, uh, and I did not grow up in this industry. I grew up driving a taxi, just talking to other humans, and I have some very basic communication skills. And uh, in this forum, it's a world where, yeah, you'll hear Dana Perino later in the show, and she's a former White House press secretary. She's the co-host of America's Newsroom, probably the most significant news show in the in the world. Okay, you'll hear her on the show. But in the next breath, you'll hear one of my dirtbag comedy buddies or my kid. Speaking, speaking of dirt bags, shut your mouth. Nah, the link man's doing well. Uh, school's about to wrap. You'll start hearing him on the show again on Fridays now that the baseball season is over. But right now, you got to settle for me. Here is Devin Nunes. Okay, he is talking yesterday to Martha McCallum about how the FBI is doing the same playbook they ran in 2017. It's clip four. Now what you see them going back to is their same old playbook from 2017 when we mm-hmm. would subpoena them. They would come forward and say, there's nothing to see here, nothing to see here. We go for weeks, weeks, weeks. We give them weeks. Give us one more week. And then they pop up and say, well, if you and Trey Gowdy want to come over to the uh, Department of Justice, we will maybe show you some of the documents. And we would do it. And then, of course, we would find that they didn't give us all the documents. See? You got to do better than that. Because that's the scam. Christopher Ray goes on TV and was like, no, we invited him over. And then everybody in the media can be like, oh, this is grandstanding by the Republicans. They offered to show them the documents. The media is a bunch of losers. It's a scam. Okay, they make the offer because it arms the liberal media with a talking point. Oh, we made the offer. They don't want to see the documents. They just want them all over TV. No, what they want to see is an unredacted version of the documents. Okay, I can show you, okay, my bank account. Not that you'd want to see it. It's pretty depressing with some of my recent gambling hits. But the point is, if it's all blacked out, you wouldn't know that anyway, dang it. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing at 888-788-9910. CNN. Dropping another Trump report yesterday. CNN is the worst. A lot of people feel that way. But, of course, we're very shades of the Mueller probe and that CNN claims to have a tape. They have heard a tape of Trump discussing classified documents, but they can't share it with you and me. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. They shouldn't buy it because if you were keeping score at home during the Mueller probe, CNN's record with anonymous sources was about O for 450,000, okay? CNN's anonymous sources were about as reliable as OJ's marriage tips. 
okay, weren't the best. But what they were doing during the Mueller probe is very, you know, reflective of what we seem to be seeing now, which is, ah, somebody saw something. It's bad. Oh, the walls are closing in. And that's what would happen. And you're like, well, can we can we see it? And they'd be like, no. You know, it's very much like, you know, the person who has the very good girl looking girlfriend who doesn't live around here. Hey, we got this tape of Trump talking about classified. Doc. Can we see it? No, it's on a modeling shoot. Can't show it to you right now. Well, we'd love to see it sometime. Yeah, of course. But it's going to be busy all summer. It's got the swimsuit issue and all of that going on. So it's uh, it's very hard to take it at, at face value. Is Trump capable of saying something off color and perhaps something that shouldn't be said and getting caught on a videotape doing it? Yeah, of course he is. I admire your honesty. But does CNN deserve the benefit of the doubt in any of their reporting? <laughs> no. Here is Paula Reed on CNN. And why are they back to doing this? Trump's a criminal. Trump's going to jail. We're all going to die. Why are they doing this? Are you ready for it? It's because they all want him to be the nominee. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. Understand, the media wants Trump to win the nomination so bad. Because on a basic level, he's just good for ratings. It's box office gold. Everyone stopped watching these channels after he left the public eye. They want him back, you understand. Okay, they're going to try to do the Trump routine on whoever the nominee is. It's just not as successful. It's not as effective. Like, people, you know, are going to be made to... You know, hate Ron DeSantis if that's the gig. People are going to be made to hate Tim Scott. They will call Tim Scott a white supremacist. Like, that will be going on if he gets the nomination. If Tim Scott is the vice president, they will call him a white supremacist. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But the point is, it's not as effective with unknowns, with new emerging faces, as it is with a guy like Trump that they have successfully painted as, you know, an existential threat to the country. Is it true? Of course not. Of course not. The quality of life in this country under Trump was consequentially better for everybody, but especially the lower middle class under Trump. Why? Because we didn't have a 40-year high in inflation the way we do right now. Biden sucks. Okay, the border crossings in this country were 80% lower. He cut them by 80% over the previous administrations. And to be clear, to his credit, Barack Obama may have been the head of a party that champions open borders. But Barack Obama was deporting people left and right. He had a reputation as being the deporter in chief. And the Democrats hated him because on some small scale, he was enforcing border laws. Okay, now it's just forget about it. As I say all the time, Biden has turned the border into the college bar that doesn't check ID. Once the word gets out that you can get into this bar, whether you belong there or not, everybody in the world shows up. That's what's happened. They've created a humanitarian crisis at our border by telling everybody who comes here illegally that if they do, in fact, get apprehended, they'll be let into the country. Now you're let into the country and you're allowed to stay until your asylum case is heard. Do you know the average wait time now for an asylum case is 10 years? 10 years. If you're in this country for 10 years, are you even showing up to your asylum case? Right now, 92% of the people in this country do not show up to, to their asylum case. Are they being deported by this president? The answer would be no. No. Okay, because in this country, you, the legal taxpaying citizen, no longer the priority. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. It's bad, man. 
So you understand the only chance the Democrats have of propping this Biden thing up for another four years, if in fact he's really going to be the nominee, is they need somebody with high negatives. They need Trump because he's box office gold and, again, because they already have this playbook. They've already installed the offense. You know, have you ever heard that term in football where they're installing the offense this week? They're going over the plays. They're running the routes. They're working out the formations. Oftentimes you'll hear that when there's either, A, a new coach, new offensive coordinator, or sometimes during the Super Bowl week, you know, when they get that hype week. Well, you know, these first few days we're installing the offense. We're going to run. That's what's going on. Well, when it comes to Trump, they've already installed the offense, okay? And you know what the offense is? Say anything. Say anything. We don't need to back it up. Just make the headline as menacing and as egregious as possible, let it marinate in the news cycle for 48 hours. Nobody reads the retraction when we publish it on page 97 of the New York Times. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So here is CNN trying to sell you on the idea that Trump's about to get indicted for possessing classified documents. Now, if in fact that's the case, I wouldn't be shocked because they've weaponized the the Department of Justice against this guy in the past. I mean, the indictment that's going on right now in New York is like straight-up clown stuff. But understand, okay, they don't need this to be true. They just need it to be happening. They just need to get this out on the air. The process is the punishment. It's good for ratings. Trump's going to jail. The walls are closing in. And then they get to make the meatball of accusation. You know, and they say, this is a president that's been impeached twice. This is a president that was indicted. And it doesn't matter that none of those things have any teeth. The Democrats work with a flood the zone strategy. They don't need a quality accusation. They need a quantity of accusations. That's how they tried to get Brett Kavanaugh. They had Michael Avenatti bringing back accusers that said the guy was running a 10-year rape ring in high school. And the media was like, oh, come on. You can't have this guy on the court. He's running a 10-year rape ring. And then we'd be like, hey, any proof of that? And they'd be like, no, they didn't. Okay, but successfully in the past, a flood the zone strategy has worked. Get enough accusations out there, people will walk away. When it comes to Trump, okay, people don't walk away. The more legal peril Trump gets in, the more hardened his support has become. I mean, when you think about what his poll numbers did in the aftermath of the criminal indictment, when you think about what they've done in the aftermath of this E.G. Carroll ruling, where he's now civilly liable $5 million for supposedly making unwanted sexual advances on a woman. No one actually knows it's true. They didn't find him criminally liable. They found him civilly liable. It is a matter of opinion. And nobody trusts the opinion of a New York jury, so it hardened his support. But here is Paula Reid on CNN describing Trump on tape, speaking about classified documents. Again, none of this is confirmed. Clip six. This meeting was back in the summer of 2021 at Trump's Bedminster Golf Club. And among the people in attendance were several Trump aides and two people working on an autobiography of Mark Meadows. Now, Mark Meadows was not in attendance at this meeting. But during this time, Trump was in the habit of having his aides record any conversations with journalists, writers, or people working on books. Now, sources tell us that on this tape, uh, Trump uh, it says that he has a classified Pentagon document describing a possible attack on Iran. We're also told that you can hear a paper rustling. It appears that he might be waving something around, though it's unclear if he's waving this document that he's referring to or if he's waving something else. 
Now, perhaps more importantly for investigators on this recording, you can hear Trump suggest that he would like to share this information with the people he's speaking with, but he acknowledges that there are limits to his power to declassify post-presidency. And as one source told me, that is a real problem. Oh, gosh. That was embarrassing. Again, what are we talking about again? Supposedly, possibly, you know, it could be. Uh, this is a real problem. Not even close. Okay, let me explain this to you. Okay, and this is where you're really seeing a two-tiered justice system. Have you seen a single solitary leak out of the investigations into Joe Biden? The answer would be no. But we saw during the Mueller probe, I don't know, I'd say the over-under was 1,500 leaks in Vegas. And I believe if you bet the over, you made some good money. Okay. They leaked every day. And why do they leak stuff like this? Why? Are you ready? It's because they want it out there in the press. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. That's what it is. Okay. If you're hearing a story like this, it's because they want you to hear this story. If investigators are holding on to this, okay, they know they can't charge him with it if it's not true, meaning they know it's not actually good and admissible in the court of law. So what they do is they weaponize it in the court of public opinion. You're absolutely right. Well, it's possible. It could be. We can't confirm. But technically speaking, those are not words that win you a conviction as admissible evidence in a court of law. But if you just throw them out there on cable news with these caveats, it allows everybody's imagination to fill in the blanks. Well, if it's possible he was doing something wrong, then we know he was doing something wrong. But that's how this works. That was the Mueller probe. Well, it's possible they were meeting with a lawyer at Trump Tower to discuss back channel inference. In the, and then you find out it wasn't possible, as it turns out, and the meeting had no relation to any of that. That's how this stuff works, through leaks and innuendo. Okay, if leaks are coming out of the Department of Justice, it's because they want them coming out of the Department of Justice. You are correct, sir. And now they get to run with more speculation. Oh, it's bad. Here's Abby Phillips on CNN, clip seven. Why would former President Trump have a document that... uh, seems to pertain to military plans regarding a very significant U.S. adversary, have them in his possession, and be discussing them with people who don't have an appropriate clearance, whether he declassified them or not. Why would he do that? You know what's really fascinating about the leak is DOJ is trying to justify this persecution of the current administration's leading opposition by saying, oh, my God, he had these sensitive materials that he shouldn't have had. And then they leak to you guys vivid details of a document that they say is classified. I mean, it, you know, they can't have their cake I mean, and eat the, it too. To be fair, these are not vivid. These are not vivid. De- to be fair, this is these are not vivid details of the document. Trump is on the video describing the contents of this document to people. Oh come! On. Come on! Don't bullshit me. Jim Trusty with the home run answer. If this information is so delicate. It's such a threat to our well-being as a country. 
Why the hell are you reporting on it? Why the hell is it getting out? Do you remember when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago? They're like, the guy has classified documents. You can't have classified documents. It's a threat to all of us. And then what did they do? They laid the documents out on the rug, photographed them, and tweeted them. Does that sound like anyone concerned about protecting the classified documents for your good and mine? The answer would be no. Of course not. This is the scam. And good for Jim Trusty for speaking up. And congratulations to Jim Trusty on never getting booked on CNN again because they did not want him there. Okay. But here's Jim Trusty taking it a step further. Okay. We've never seen so many leaks because the truth is we haven't. Clip eight. You just did a piece with Caitlin that basically vouched for saying these are the details we're hearing, whether it's his description or actually seeing the document. What I'm telling you is I'm not trying the case in the media. I'm not going to sit here and address the document as if it's right or if that audio tape exists or as if it's not something that's really wrong. It's, this is persecutorial justice. I've been around DOJ for 27 years. I've never seen a leak campaign like this. Were any documents ever. that former President Trump took with him to any of his properties, did they contain, any of them contain sensitive military plans? Yeah, I'm not trying my case in the press. So he would have the right to possess them if they did, but I'm not going to address that. Good for you, Jim Trusty. And did you notice what she didn't do there? Did you notice what she didn't do? She didn't answer the question. That's true. That is true. She didn't respond to what he said. I've been around the DOJ for 27 years. I've never seen a leak campaign like this ever. He said this is persecutorial justice because it is. And they don't care. She just keeps going on with the clown show. But why would he have military documents? We don't know that he did. But do you see how they're willing to speculate and cast aspersions, which is a big word for a guy with my accent? I sound like an extra in my cousin Vinny. Uh, Yeah, the aspersions, Your Honor, were cast. But the point is, this is their playbook. They've installed the offense on Trump. Death by a thousand cuts. None of them need to be true. It just allows them to make a meatball of accusation. Well, Russia, well, the, the classified documents. Oh, the impeachment. Oh, January 6th. He doesn't have to go to jail for any of this. They're not trying him in a court of law. They're trying him in a court of public opinion. And the whole entire thing is a scam. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Last show in New York this week. I'm heading out to Davenport, Iowa for the Adler Theater performance with myself and Kennedy uh, Saturday night. Some seats still available. Following week, it's going to be nuts. We're going to be out in Arizona at the Mesa Arts Center. And then I am on to Los Angeles the following day because we're working on a documentary for Fox Nation about the moon landing. Uh, It comes out August the 16th. You're going to hear all about it to the point of exhaustion, so I will spare you the details in the meantime. Uh, Somebody I believe is from another planet is Kamala Harris, and I wanted to spend a little more time on this. Uh, Yesterday, one of my favorite things I've ever heard on the show, 
uh, was the women of The View talking about Kamala's speaking ability. Please listen to this. It's clip 46. The significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. We got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. During Women's History Month, we celebrate and we honor the women who made history throughout history. She's reading so, so it's just, yeah, well, but then she's get reading prompter, If she's reading a prompter, they need to immediately fix well, that. Well, you are the vice president of the United States. The administration and the president are responsible for protecting her. Well, I would, so that I would, I would add that as a lawyer, you're generally told when you're speaking that you speak in threes because that's what people remember. So if you're going to talk about a car, you talk about the car, the red car, the fast red car. So I think... What you but you don't use the definition was, in the the word in the definition. So I think a part of that is, is that. But 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 again, you know, we can't compare her with the likes of Pence. Uh, no, there's enough Sarah, criticism to Sarah go around. Palin, can, can I get Dan Quayle. I'm surrounded by idiots. I mean, seriously. That was embarrassing. There's no defending what Kamala Harris is doing. They don't teach you that in law school. Yes, the defendant was driving a car, a red car, a very fast car. I'm like, what are you, Tracy Chapman? You've got a fast car? No. You don't have a fast car. You have a slow vice president. And it's hard to watch, and it only gets harder when you watch a dopey show like The View. The View is awful. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You are dang right it is, sir. And we are back in action to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Dana Perino, the bell of the cable news ball, going to be joining us in studio for a grown-up talk about the 2020 election, a race that is getting very heated in the Republican Party. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. That's pretty much the average soundbite at this point, and we're going to chop it up and sort it out. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this thing. Also the phone number if you do not want a piece of this show. You're just another dirtbag. Here we go. Here we go. Donald Trump yesterday doing an interview on News Radio 1040 WHO. And uh, he, look at me giving them a shout out. Congratulations on the ratings bounce, you guys. He just got the Fox Across America bounce. Boom. You forget this is a big show because you listen to me all day. And it really does sound like, you know, we're just talking through a styrofoam cup. But we're on so many incredible stations that I should stop and I should acknowledge you all because you're phenomenal. You really know how to treat a girl. So thank you. Uh, but we should move forward now uh, because our plan, plan for world domination rolls on. We actually have some huge, like mega big affiliate news to announce in the coming weeks that will actually change uh, the entire landscape of radio as we know it. Uh, so let's keep that under our hats for a minute longer and let's talk about existing radio where Trump yesterday was making the case of why he's better than DeSantis. Now, I want you to know this about the Trump DeSantis thing. OK, I am of the mind that anyone, literally anyone, and I do mean anyone, you, I, I can't think of a person who wouldn't be better than the current president of the United States. Biden is such a disaster. Oh, no, he's just absolutely terrible. So I am looking forward, okay, in terms of the future. 
in knowing that hopefully by the summer of 2024, we have selected a nominee that the party can get behind. What my concern right now is, is it is really bitter between the DeSantis camp and the Trump camp, like already, like bitter so much so that I don't know that the people driving these conversations have the wherewithal to consolidate support and drive voter turnout on behalf of the guy that beat them. You know, it's crazy to think. But in the aftermath of the Civil War, the divisions in this country were so deep, as you would imagine, that Abraham Lincoln was the guy who actually championed and, you know, pushed for a lot of the statues that are currently being turned uh, torn down. Okay, it was Lincoln that wanted to honor the loss on the southern side of the war in an effort to show grace and bring them back into the fold as one United States of America. He didn't want to erase them. He didn't want to shame them. He wanted them to buy back in and throw their support and their passion and their force and their fury behind one United States of America. Okay, he had the recognition that the losing side in this case was obviously in a bad place physically and emotionally and everything in between, but he needed them. He needed them. And right now you're watching Trump campaign as if, you know, he wins this nomination, he won't need DeSantis. And certainly DeSantis is not campaigning like that, but I'm talking about their specific surrogates. We've got Trump surrogates claiming that, you know, DeSantis's wife made up her cancer diagnosis. Okay, and we've certainly got DeSantis, uh, you know, surrogates just claiming, you know, screw all these MAGA people. It's not in a good place is what I'm trying to say. Okay, we've all been to a wedding where the two families clearly didn't like each other and it wasn't really spoken to out loud. Well, this happens to be the wedding where they're speaking to it out loud and it's not pretty. But let's start with Trump going in on DeSantis. And I will tell you this. It's only going to get uglier from here. It's going to get really ugly. And if we get, you know, to spring of next year. And this war is still raging on, and one of them's on the verge of clinching the nomination or vice versa. It's going to get really bitter, really bitter. And what you've got to hope for, because I love the competition. I love the fight. I want whoever the nominee is to be as battle-tested as possible. I don't want to see a prevent defense like the one they're playing on the other side of the aisle where they're telling you Biden's not even going to debate. Okay, and to be clear, why is he not going to debate? Because, you know, Biden's lost his marbles and they can't have him out there. He can't speak unscripted for an hour. Yeah. You know, they shoot him up with B12 and they get him excited like they did at the State of the Union. But then sometimes it doesn't make sense. Don't ever forget. This is a guy who once said we need to choose between unity and Sherman. Do you remember that? Now's the time to choose between unity. And This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And what I'm trying to say is it's a really winnable election for the Republicans if they don't completely cannibalize themselves first. But here's the tr- Trumpster batting leadoff, clip 10. You know, DeSantis and, uh, or as I call him, other things. I won't use that because I'll keep it nice. But, uh, you know, he was a very disloyal person. He had no chance of winning the election. He was down by many, many, many points. It was over. And he asked me to endorse him. I endorsed him. And all of a sudden, he's running against me. I mean, I endorsed him. He went up like a rocket ship. The election was was over when I endorsed him. And I'm a person that believes in loyalty, and I don't like that kind of loyalty. So, uh, you know, he made his choice. I think he hurt himself very badly with MAGA and the MAGA voters. 
Okay, so Trump going in on DeSantis. I don't agree with the loyalty thing because he's not big on loyalty. Okay, guys who put their actual careers on the line, like Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions was the first guy in elected office with the actual prestige of Washington in both parties, and Trump immediately threw him under the bus. Get him out of here. Get him out. Okay, couldn't, couldn't ruin Sessions' political career fast enough. You look at a guy like Mike Pence. Mike Pence, the reason Trump was the president of the United States. I mean, that's that is a fact. Okay, Trump could not have won in 2016 without the support of evangelicals. Now, evangelicals were not going to vote for a guy who had been married three times and was famously caught on tape saying to grab them by the hoo-ha. What the hell did you just say? That's what he said. But the point is, they were not traditionally the people that would vote for a guy like Donald Trump. But Mike Pence had convinced them he could make Trump a pro-life president and that he would have a very prominent say in selecting Supreme Court justices. Ergo, the evangelicals held their nose and voted for Trump. They didn't like the character of the man, but they liked the platform. And that's how Trump got elected. You cannot win an election that close without every single ounce of support, the evangelical wing of the Republican Party being a huge one. Okay, but what happened to Pence? Pence didn't want to try and overturn the electoral vote certification, something he couldn't have done, something he shouldn't have done. Okay, you're talking about a martial law situation. To this day, none of us are happy with the way we voted in 2020. It was unprecedented. Okay, but we actually don't have proof that the election was stolen. All we have is the fact that it's very hard to believe anyone voted for Joe Biden, let alone more Americans than any president in history. Tell them like it is. Okay, believe me, you don't ever look at Biden and go, no, this is the highest vote getter in the history of the country. I agree with that. You don't. Okay, it's it's hard to take the guy at face value. It's hard to take that claim at face value. But you can't have Mike Pence upend the United States Constitution. So Trump excommunicating Pence not telling people chanting hang Mike Pence to stand down is not exactly a textbook definition of loyalty on his part. But again, we move forward because here he is going into DeSantis on COVID. I promise you this is a losing battle. Clip 11. Governor DeSantis's people would, would disagree with you that uh, that they uh, did uh, did not lock it down. Oh, well, he uh, locked right. down. No, he yeah. did. He I, locked I know down. I, I, it's a point of disagreement. Yeah. In fact, he closed down the beaches. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, we have him saying it on, on tape. He closed down the beaches. Mm-hmm. He closed up schools. He, he locked that. He locked that state down. In fact, if you remember, he didn't want people coming into the state. He wanted to close down the highways, and we rejected that. So here's the thing. Trump, to his credit, did delegate most of the COVID autonomy to the governors. Okay, initially, when the Fauci recommendation was that we shut down 15 days to stop the spread. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Okay, that's what a lot of governors came to ascertain. And DeSantis, like Brian Kemp in Georgia, also deserves a lot of credit for this, led the way in reopening their states. So, yes, DeSantis did shut down. He's not lying when he says that. But DeSantis defied, defied, okay, the Fauci orthodoxy as vehemently as anybody out there, so much so that he didn't mandate the vaccine, which, again, a lot of conservatives hate the vaccine, hate the idea of the vaccine mandate. It was something that Trump created. That's the joke of the times we're living in. We're living in such a hyper-partisan time. It's such a petty political time that if Trump would have won the 2020 election, the Democrats would not have gone anywhere near this vaccine. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Don't ever forget 
They did not want Trump to have that victory. So much so that they were calling the vaccine bogus during the 2020 election. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Whoa, who's going to take the shot is what the guy said. Okay, you got who's going to take the shot? They made it sound like Trump was making it with Barron for the school science fair. This was garbage. Okay, then the minute they got into office, just the same. We're not going to make this mandatory. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it to be mandatory. But Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, that is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. I mean, come on. And he, of course, you got Fauci. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. He should be behind bars. Okay, understand. Okay, the flip-flop on vaccines is one of the reasons nobody trusted them. Okay, the fact that they didn't work, obviously, was a bigger issue. Uh, But the point I'm trying to make here is when Trump fights the COVID battle against DeSantis, he's going to lose because Trump had his presidency hijacked by Fauci and he could have fired him at every turn and he didn't. You know, when you run on drain the swamp, but you don't actually drain it when you're in office with the power to do so. It's hard to take you at your word that you'll do it as a lame duck president. Okay, that's the problem Trump's going to run into is in a second term, he's a lame duck day one. And if they have a divided Congress, he's not going to be able to get anything done. He's going to be able to talk a lot of smack and have the media call him Hitler for four years. So DeSantis is positioned better to help the country long term, as is Tim Scott, okay, or anybody else who happens to get the nomination. But the point is I don't come on the air and root against Trump. I'm talking balls and strikes. I'm a sports fan. I process politics through the political lens of sports, okay? Game plan-wise, I promise Trump is doing this wrong. Trump should not be running against Okay, DeSantis, he should be running against Biden. Okay, I understand you got to beat DeSantis to get the nomination, but if Trump was out there making the case for all the good he did, okay, that's a sale. The sensationalism of Trump is good for media ratings. It's good for the networks who want to tell you the sky is falling and he's literally Hitler and Russia's involved and they control the government and, oh, my gosh, we're going to die. That stuff's effective if you're trying to get people to watch CNN. But if you're trying to get back into the White House, you should focus on his record. He should, okay? We did not have a humanitarian crisis at the southern border under Trump. We didn't have it. Inflation was six points lower than it is right now. Your gas was $1.50 lower than it is right now. That is stuff of consequence. Okay, yes, at the tail end of his administration, there was a rhetorical and budgetary war waged against police. That happened on his watch, but it certainly wasn't his fault. Trump was throwing his support behind the cops for every second of the defund the police movement. Okay, that to me is true leadership. That to me is true courage because you can't have a society without the rule of law. There are a lot of things Trump did right, okay? His personality, the unhinged rants and the Twitter stuff, that's what he did wrong. Now, sadly, we're living in an America where people's emotions are their facts. 
So if they emotionally believe, you know, he's the worst thing in the world because he called people names, they're just not going to vote for him. It doesn't matter that their lives were consequentially better under Trump than they were under Biden. But the point is he needs this conversation to be about the good he did, not the pretend bad that DeSantis is doing. Okay, you understand, okay, Ron DeSantis is running the state that more people are moving to than anywhere else in the country. And not just random people, Trump's people. Here it is, clip 19. So I don't think anybody buys this idea that Cuomo in New York did it better. We're the fastest growing state. If you say Cuomo did a better job with COVID than Florida did, first of all, that's not what he used to say. This is like new, like six months ago, he would have never said that, right? He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. Are you kidding me? Um, so, so some of this stuff, I think, is, look, if someone is saying that, I am going to counterpunch. I'm going to fight back on it. Wow, I'm telling you, it is getting so heated right now over in the party. But DeSantis isn't wrong there. I mean, Trump's whole family moved to Florida. Okay, they didn't move because of DeSantis, but they moved there, which means he's clearly not running it into the ground as they claim. Okay, do you remember how last week we were making fun of the MSNBC guest who said Florida's become a terrorist state? I just got back from there with my family. And we were like, uh, oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> Listen, if you believe there was a terrorist state, you weren't going. OK, same for Trump. If he believes DeSantis is running a state into the ground, you're not telling your whole family to move down there. OK, but I'm not here to cast aspersions on Trump, as they say. I'm here to remind him and all of his surrogates who listen to the show. They have a very strong case for the presidency. It's not bashing DeSantis. It's bashing Biden. Bingo. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Let's hear from one of you maniacs now. Dennis, up in Salisbury, Vermont. Yo, Dennis! Jimmy, when this kerfuffle uh, shakes out on the Republican side, I think uh, Republicans and most independents and many Democrats will uh, simply have the mantra, uh, no more mentally compromised presidents. <laughs> well, listen, it's uh, an interesting standard we have right now, Dennis, in that they don't seem to have an issue with that, not only in the presidency, but even over in the Senate. Like, I feel bad for poor Fetterman. The guy's clearly in a compromised state. But they just want to win, man. They don't. It's one thing about the Democrats is they want it more than the Republicans do. The Republicans often behave like a controlled opposition, like this debt deal. Okay, they run the House. They have the power of the purse. They didn't really win. They didn't really curb spending. They just slowed it down. You know, for thirty one trillion dollars in debt and you're still going to spend more than you bring in. You didn't actually win anything for fiscal responsibility. Jimmy, today is the day that. uh Janet Transinflation Yellen was telling us the USA was going to run out of money. Mm-hmm. Um, she extended that doomsday date until June 5th. But yep. uh, let me tell you something. If you're extending your credit limit mm-hmm. um, in order to pay your bills, yeah. you're out of money. Duh. 
And we know that. It's a listen, it's a racket. Okay, that's what it is. It's a racket. But they've been out of money for a long time now. The good news for them is they can still take ours. And when we run out, they'll just print more of it. But is that a good way to run an economy? Of course not. Dennis, great way to run a phone call. We're out of here. But Dana Perino is joining us next when we come back on the high flying, death defying Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you're walking the streets of New York right now, the collective psychology is pretty good. Some people would say it's because spring is here. We've actually got like some mild weather for once. Everybody's outdoors living their best life. But then there's also a rumor that people are just fired up because Dana Perino is back in studio on the show. A lot of that chatter as well. And joining us now to confirm those rumors, the co-host of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five, the host of the Everything's Going to Be All Right podcast, Dana Perino in the house. Hello. It's like, is it Paulin or Perino? (laughs) Every day when I come in, even in the winter, every day I feel like Bill Hemmer says, what's the pollen count? Uh-huh. He's very affected by it. Yes. I'm not. I know. And so I'm very fortunate that way, but it it, it could get hammered down. Hammer is a like he's a dog with allergies because the <laughs> tail's always wagging. Like you can throw him a tennis ball in the halls. I've done it. But when his allergies hit him, like he, you know, he could be a little banged up. You're right about that. He yeah. gets a little nasally. Well, one of the things Mr. Hemmer and I were talking about when he was on the show earlier this week is we're getting ready to watch a presidential primary, Dana, that I it's the closest thing to like a pro wrestling smackdown we've ever witnessed. Yes. In your history, can you remember a more contentious primary than the one we're about to watch? Because I have a feeling this one's getting dialed up to 11. Yeah, you know, I, I do – when I think back to mm-hmm. Obama, Hillary, yeah, that was something to watch at the time, right? <laughs> um, but still social media was kind of new. You didn't have the ability to do the kind of digital video that you mm-hmm. can now. And I do think that um, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump have decided in their minds they're yeah. the – two to beat, yep. and they want to beat each other up. Mm-hmm. Trump has spent about $15 million against DeSantis, and that had some effect. Yep. Uh, it drove DeSantis's poll numbers way down, mm-hmm. and that's why you had some DeSantis supporters calling for him to get into the race earlier than he wanted to. He wanted to wait until the Florida legislative session was over mm-hmm. which so that he could then tout his accomplishments. Yeah. So now I think that was a fine decision actually yeah. by DeSantis, but he's got some ground to make up. Because Trump has such a commanding lead. Mm-hmm. But Trump, they just bash each other like crazy. <laughs> and it's it's mostly online, like on Twitter. And sometimes uh-huh. they're like even talking about each other's staff because yeah. some staff left Trump and went to DeSantis. So there's bad feelings there. And I'm basically sitting there going, but most Americans want to talk about inflation yes. and immigration and crime. Well, that's where the Republicans are losing because, like, the, the mafia meme war that's playing out yeah. on Twitter is so, not focused on anything anybody no. cares about, and that's where they need to get back to substance. Um, but what I love about this primary is it's setting us up for a convention that's going to be like one of those weddings where nobody there likes each other. It's very rare it happens, but once in a while you go to right. a wedding where one side of the family hates the other side of the family. And you can feel it, <laughs> right? Whoever is in Milwaukee accepting the nomination might get booed during their toast. I think also that Republican voters or Democratic voters, they don't like it when there's fighting within the yep. uh, within the parties. Mm-hmm. They like it when there's fire aim going the other way at Biden mm-hmm. or at Trump or whoever it's going to be. Yep. They don't necessarily always like it. However, 
if there's going to be this many different Republican candidates in the race, they do have to draw a contrast with one another, mm-hmm. and they have to do it somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how some of these uh, folks are going to stay in the news. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of candidates, and there's not there's just not not much news being made. No, somebody needs to start lip syncing on TikTok in a hurry. <laughs> somebody needs to get a viral cat video. I'm talking to you, Haley. We love you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the cat out. Whatever you need, whatever it takes. Dana Perino's in studio. We're having a grown up talk about all things 2024. Let me ask you this, because one of the things making so many headlines right now is the Christopher Ray James Comer standoff. But I don't know personally. I don't know between you and me if anything Hunter Biden related is a 2024 issue. It almost feels like a 2020 issue. Do you think it's a deliverable to independents and to maybe possible, you know, liberal swing voters? I think it might have been in 2020, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We have polls that mm-hmm. say if I had known this, changed the then outcome. maybe I would have changed the outcome. Um, now people are pretty dug in. The New York Times did something interesting this week. They talked to 11 skeptical Democrats, they uh-huh. called them, and the uh, adjectives that they used to describe Biden were not nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hippopotamus, clown, sloth. And then at the very end they said, if 2024 turns out to be a repeat yeah. between Biden and Trump, what would you do? And they said, mm-hmm. Oh, I'd vote for Biden, of course. In a second. Right. So that's what's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> you think about this. When you see polling that says 32 percent of the country thinks Biden is mentally fit for office. Is it not astonishing to know that the most single most important powerful job in the world is literally the only job you could get? If 32 percent of your potential hires <laughs> said you were mentally unfit, right. you know, you're not getting hired to drive for Uber. If 32 percent of the board goes in, eh, probably not this guy. And I know that there is some interest and excitement and I can understand it of mm. RFK Jr. He's got yeah. about 19 to 20 percent of the vote on the mm. Democratic side. I think that's mostly because they actually don't have to vote. Yeah. And they're a little bit dissatisfied. We mm. know they're dissatisfied yep. with Biden, but they don't really have an alternative. And to me, that is just not a real thing. Uh-huh. And the Republicans in New Hampshire invited uh, RFK Jr. to come to the state house and to speak. Well, one of the reasons is because they're nice people. Yep. Second reason, the New Hampshire folks are really mad, including the Democrats at Biden for trying to take their first of the nation status away. Mm-hmm. So they're doing anything they can to wow. try to hurt him. Boost. And I do think that RFK Jr. would win the primary, the Democratic primary. He probably will win it in New Hampshire. That's fascinating mm-hmm. because it's it's significant. Probably. It I mean, I'm like, I mean, yeah. But this is the if thing. he doesn't win it, he'd be very close. What the Democrats do really well uh, is they circle the wagons really well. And they will ultimately, as you said earlier, get together behind Biden. My closing question for you uh, is, do you see this Republican primary rounding out in a way where the losing side can accept defeat and say we're with your guy? Because I don't see that grace in this primary. Ronna McDaniel of the RNC was on America's Newsroom yesterday, and mm-hmm. she said, Whatever happens, it has to be an all of us against Joe Biden strategy at the end of the day. Um, I think some. Yes, I do think that is possible. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. (laughs) Burying the hatchet. It's going to be the the dance floor at this wedding is not going to be crowded. Everybody's going to be dancing with their own side of the family. I'm telling you, I feel like we're shaping up for one of those weddings. I've been to like one in my life where you knew the minute you walked in, you're like, oh, nobody likes each other. It's like West Side Story. This is amazing. I think we're setting up for one of those. So what I'm saying is Milwaukee, make sure there's an open bar because we're going to need it when we (laughs) get there. I'll be drinking. Hey, girl, Dana Perino, best of the best. Watch it today on The Five. We're back after this. The show that sees through the bullet. 
my response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing. 888-788-9910 is the phone number. Would be like to be a part of this radio shindig. We were just talking with the great Dana Perino, the bell of the cable news ball, talking about the potential for the 2024 Republican convention to resemble that wedding you went to, where you can tell that neither family liked each other. There's a lot of that going on right now. But even more contentious on the other side of the aisle where, man, oh boy, oh man, okay, the Hollywood elites, uh, members of the liberal media, you know, like we talked yesterday about someone like, oh, I don't know, Joy Reid. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Okay, they're training all of their fire on DeSantis in the early going because a lot like Trump, strategically, they need to get this guy out of here. Where DeSantis is super potent, and I'm not telling you he's going to win, but he's got the best record and he's got the best message discipline, meaning he's not going to get out there and make this conversation about a weakness. He's going to focus on a strength. The best advice I'm giving to the Trump people, a lot of them listen to the show, uh, is run on Trump's record. Trump's record is consequentially better for this country than Joe Biden's. Run on the quality of life under your presidency as opposed to the quality of life under this presidency. A presidency that, oh, by the way, I mean, if you're paying attention, Joe Biden's not even in charge of this thing. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that you can. But here is James Vanderbeek. Okay, he's on Instagram. He's on the gram. Instagram, if you're not on it, it should be called, this is what I would look like if I was hot. Because, yeah, there's some, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's some decent looking ladies on Instagram. Hubba, hubba. But, you know, the vast majority of what you're looking at on Instagram is just so filtered. Nine filters, three shadows, four airbrushes. It's a weird time to be alive when you think about, like, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. With all the things they have airbrushed out of swimsuit photos over the years, isn't it a little weird that they're leaving penises in them now? What the hell is the world? I do not know. But here's James Vanderbeek on Instagram. No filter uh, on James Vanderbeek calling out the DNC for not holding primary debates. Clip 23. I cannot get over the fact that the Democratic National Committee is saying there will not be a debate to decide the nominee for president. Are you kidding me? There's no debate over an 80-year-old man who, if he lives, will be the oldest sitting president in the history of the country. And if he doesn't live, has a vice president whose approval rating is worse than his. This guy's obviously declining mental faculties. You're putting him up in front of a podium with flashcards telling him who to call on and what the questions are going to be. And you're telling us there's no debate? What about the will of the people? Not even the will of the people. What about the will of the people who voted for the guy last time? So the DNC is openly ignoring, bypassing the will of the people. Why? This was a democracy of the people, by the people, for the people. If we don't have a debate, this is not a democracy by the people. It's a democracy by them. Come on, man. Okay, but Vanderbeek, an actor in Hollywood, congratulations to him on never getting booked again. That was was actually a farewell speech. Some of you took that as a political uh, take, but no, that was actually him saying goodbye to acting work ever again. He was, of course, in Dawson's Creek and Varsity Blues, but he's speaking the truth. Okay, if you care about this country right now, 
if you truly care about this country, you look around and you say to yourself, we have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. They don't deserve another shot at this. You know, even if Biden could speak in complete sentences, which he can't. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. Are you telling me that guy, that guy deserves another four years of this? The answer would be no. Of course not. But why are the Democrats OK with running him for another four years? Why are they covering up playing this prevent defense that will not allow for presidential debates? That's going to minimize his campaign appearances by letting the surrogates and the TikTok influencers get out there and make the case for him. It's because they don't need Joe Biden to be the president. In fact, him winning allows them to be the president. That's the power. That's the appeal, okay, to the establishment politicians running this country, to the basement bureaucrats. We always make fun of Biden for being in his basement, but this whole country is run out of the basement of the United States Capitol. Okay, it's just the truth. Okay, unelected bureaucrats make the rules and regulations that govern most of your existence. And they have more power under a Biden presidency than any other presidency because this is a dude that's just running whatever play they send into the huddle. I told you this before. Joe Biden is your as a president is your elderly relative with dietary restrictions. Okay, you bring him out to the restaurant. They let him order whatever he wants. And then before the waiter walks away, they pull him aside and they change the order for him because he won't know the difference. That's how it works. Biden ran for office on all of the moderation. And then before the waiter could walk away, they were like, no, 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 he can't. He cannot have the moderation. Bring him the climate change, the bacon wrap socialism. He won't know the difference. It's going to be fine. And that's exactly what they did. Okay, Joe, this is not the Joe Biden, okay, that you knew as a tough on crime. Joe Biden ran, okay, the 1994 Biden crime bill. It is known as the Biden crime bill because of how substantial his input was in throwing his support behind the police. Okay, but now Joe Biden has gone a full 180 because he's just an unprincipled jackass. I agree with that. Okay, and he'll go along to get along. So the reason he's willing to run again is because he didn't have to run a first time. The reason he's willing to govern again is because he hasn't had to govern a first time. The bureaucrats run the country under Biden. And the fact that they're not even willing to let him debate other people, because he is getting primaried. Okay, traditionally incumbents don't get primaried, but traditionally incumbents aren't polling at 32 percent when it comes to their mental health and fitness. We have a president that is clearly not all there. I mean, really think about that. 32% of the American population believes he is mentally fit to serve. Is it not a little weird, just a little weird, that president of the United States is the only job you can get if 32% of your potential employers believe you're mentally sound? Okay, if 10 guys ran a gas station, an Exxon, like the one on Hempstead Turnpike I went to growing up in Levittown, that was owned by a family. If the 10 of them had a job interview for a nighttime cashier and seven of them said, you know, no, this guy ain't all there. Guess what? You're not getting the job as the cashier at Exxon. I think he's got a point. Okay, but now we're sitting in a situation where seven in 10 people, okay, don't think the guy is mentally fit. And we're making him the president of the United States of America. This could be a problem. (laughs) It's a big problem. But the reason they're okay with it is because there's no presidenting to do. Okay, just get out there. Be the empty vessel. 
Okay, it's an iTunes user agreement. Scroll to the bottom and click I agree. You want your pudding cup? Well, then we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. What do you mean? That's bad. Scroll to the bottom and click I agree. All right, all right, all right. Don't hit me. That's what you're watching right now. And that's why you're hearing such sensationalist attacks on not only Trump but on Ron DeSantis. They're the two front runners right now. Okay, here's Joy Reid telling you what the DeSantis administration would look like. I mean it, though. This is like... I respect what she's about to say if she's saying it in a pair of size 24 shoes because it's straight clown stuff. Like if you can tell me Joy Reid rode to the studio in a car with 51 other people, then this is an admissible statement in the court of law. But absent that, okay, my goodness, what an embarrassment to look a camera in the face and say the following, clip 24. There is a model for what this little dictator in the making wants to do. Just look at China, Cuba, North Korea, Afghanistan, or Iran, where the government censors the media or force feeds a strict conservative religious ideology to children in schools, deploys morality police to make sure you're wearing what they want, learning what they want, doing what they want. That model also happens to have a name, and it's called totalitarianism, the political concept that the citizen should totally be subject to an absolute state authority. DeSantis's proposal would also require a massive, multi-trillion dollar federal investment in a humongous bureaucracy to control and squash unwanted wokeness. Let me guess, to get Mexico to pay for it? I mean, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. She should have hit the cameraman with a bucket of confetti. <laughs> Does she get paid in big money? You know those like giant dollar bills, the clown stuff? They should pay her in big money. It's embarrassing. But why are we heading to China? Why are we heading to North Korea? Like they're starving their people in North Korea. Okay, let's be clear. If Ron DeSantis was running North Korea, okay, you wouldn't be criticizing him as a governor right now. You'd be fearing for your life for even thinking these thoughts. Because that's how heavy the totalitarianism is. But that's the raging insult to your intelligence that comes flying out of that TV screen every time you turn on MSNBC or CNN. Okay, they are catering to the lowest of low information voters, self-hating white liberals who need a bad guy in the middle of the country that they can point their finger at and hate so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. Okay, this is passable stuff. If you just want somebody to hate before you fill up the bathtub and scream in it. Okay, oh yeah, DeSantis, he's North Korea, he's Russia. Really? Is he though? Believe me. Okay, I need a bread line as much as anybody, given my physique. But I'm not on board with endorsing that sort of thing, and they know it too. Clowns, I tell you. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who's back in action for a big hour. It's a plus-size hour. It is a body-positive hour of Fox Across America. Of course, like two years ago, you wouldn't have said body-positive. You would have said, That boy is a P.I.G. pig. But we're a hip-happening show. We have gotten with the times. And we will accommodate the existing vernacular, or at least we'll pretend to anyway. In this hour of Fox Across America, that not only stars myself, but Diamond Dave Landau, comedy sexiest man, is going to be joining us as well for a grown-up talk. Now, none of you know this. I'm going to break a little news, but you haven't had a reminder. 
you haven't been given an update by any of the corporations or professional sports leagues or any of the stores where you shop. But between you and me, don't tell anybody. It happens to be Pride Month. June happens to be Pride Month. And uh, it officially kicked off today, uh, according to the calendar. But if we're being honest, if this is Pride Month, what were the other 11 months of the year? I think he's got a point. When the NHL was forcing Pride jerseys onto players in baseball and rainbow hats. And to be clear, okay, Pride, woo, go get them, girlfriend. Be whatever the heck you want to be. That's the whole point of America is that we're, e, you know, e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. We are free-range chickens. Freedom! But what's going on now because we're living in this era of a manufactured civil rights movement, is they've taken pride, something we all supported, okay, and they've converted it into a battlefront by shoehorning other things into it that have nothing to do with pride. For instance, a small child switching genders, a parent encouraging their child to switch genders is not pride you're not proud of what you are you're physically trying to change what you are that's true that is true pride is this is what i got baby i'm throwing the fastball okay when you tell me nah i don't like the hand i was dealt i'm trapped in the wrong body just a bit outside he tried the corner in this you are not throwing the fastball and yes if you are it's not over the middle of the plate But I talk in baseball analogies. Why? Because the L.A. Dodgers, Okay, I had to cover this this morning at five in the morning on Fox and Friends first. And it's a fun booking because I love Carly Shimkus. I love Todd Pirro. I like Todd Pirro. I love Carly Shimkus. I like Todd Pirro. And uh, it's a fun booking for me because you're talking about, you know, breaking news and news of the day. But you're also doing it with my presence, my persona, my accent. Every time I walk onto a TV set at 5 in the morning, no matter how much makeup they put on me, no matter how much they dress me up, I look like a guy who's still out from the night before. Every single time. Like, people squint at their TV. They just assume they're going to see glitter on my shirt. Like, this guy's still got a wad of singles from the gentleman's club he was at a few hours ago. Okay? But the point being is I'm always doing these hits in some type of a loopy state of mind where I don't have a filter and I'm just reading you what I believe to be your truth. Okay? It's my favorite hour to drive a cab is when you're in the cab and the lights are on on the buildings but the sun is out. It's that passing of the baton between the parade of bad choices and the people that are actually going to work and try to make something of their lives. You know that moment in the city where they're hosing down sidewalks? And I don't mean to do this to you. It's a hell of a visual. But they don't pull out a hose on a city sidewalk because they were something nice on it. But stick with me for a second because what's going on on the ball fields of America right now is even more depraved and disgusting than anything going on on a New York City sidewalk. And I will start here. So the Dodgers, okay, kicking off Pride Month, I'm sure some of you have heard about this, by honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. June 16th is the Pride Night, and they're trotting out a bunch of drag queens and transgender nuns who I'm going to be very clear engage in some risque, blasphemous sex acts on a would-be messiah. That is the act. That is the shtick of this nun group, okay? And they trot the group out, and they blaspheme, okay, my Lord and Savior. And I want to be clear here. I'm not trying to be like some old religious fuddy-duddy stick in the mud, but let's start with a very obvious point. There is no other religion 
okay, no other religion besides Christianity, okay, that you could express this type of bigotry and blasphemy towards without, to be clear, probably getting killed. Are they having a dress up the transgender people to mock Muhammad night at Dodger Stadium anytime soon? No, because they don't have enough metal detectors in the world to make the thing go off without a hitch. Are they having a mock any type of, you know, Buddhism or Hinduism or anything in between? No. Okay, the fact that this open bigotry and blasphemy is fair and aimed towards Christianity with no major blowback from Major League Baseball is disgusting. Okay, on a basic level, it is a weapons grade level of double standard. But getting past all of that, what the hell does it have anything to do with baseball? Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. When we said buy me some peanuts, we didn't expect them to be on one of the female dancers at the show. Okay, but the reason we find ourselves in this position is because they've taken pride, they've bastardized it, because it allows them to run against a pretend bigotry. It is a pretend manufactured civil rights movement where they oh well, you don't support nuns doing things to Jesus that Jimmy's not even allowed to say on the radio because I'm not. Okay, we had this talk on TV this morning. We're debating whether the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence should be allowed onto the field at Dodger Stadium. And he said, it begins and ends with this. I can't describe their act on the air and hold on to my job. So if that's the case, this conversation amongst adults can't even be described on the air. And let's be clear, this is not a show that's playing any defense, okay? We have pulled the goalie a long time ago on Fox Across America. Most people tuning in for the first time assume the real host of the show is tied up in the corner right now, and they're letting the hostage taker read his manifesto on the air so he doesn't kill the guy. That's the assumption when you hear the intellect of the show. Okay, but understand I, me, your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, the chubby guy you see on the TV, Lincoln's dad, that guy. Sounds like he gets paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila, partly because it's true. Okay, but stick with me. I can't say the things they do in this act on the field. In what world is that okay in a family environment where you go to a ball game? It's not, and we know it's not. But why is it happening? Because that's the group that screams the loudest. That's the way the world is run in the year 2023. It's basically the Dodgers go, well, who's going to give us the most blowback? Them? Okay, let them have their way. And that's where we are in this story. The Dodgers announced a prime night, and they said, oh, and we're going to invite an honor. We're going to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And anyone in Los Angeles, which as depraved as it is, is one-third Catholic, the population, big Latino population out there, okay, they ex- immediately said, hey, we've seen this act. This is horrific. They're, like, literally mocking our religion in depraved sex acts. Okay, that is what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence do. The idea that we're going to go honor them out at second base in the middle of the outfield, okay, is disgusting. And the Dodgers were like, well, yeah, you know, you're right. We've, you know, never had any other religion in here where they could do those types of unspeakable vile acts to their Messiah. So we should probably pass on this. And they did. Okay, but then in came the blowback. Oh, this is bigotry. It's transphobia. It's racism. It's something about climate change, too. I don't even know why. But that's the way the world works. And the Dodgers are like, well, we don't need this kind of blowback. So I guess we should just honor these people. And they're bringing them back. Okay, they're bringing them back. They will be honored. Okay, and any 
players that are expressing doubts are being told to shut up and go along with it and don't worry, we'll throw you a religious night too. Okay, but let me ask you this question because that's the Clayton Kershaw compromise. Clayton Kershaw, as good as any pitcher you're ever going to meet, phenomenal lefty. I think the only thing you could hold against him is that he has a lot of friends in Texas. But getting past that for a second, I kid all my KTBB listeners, but getting past that for a second, Clayton Kershaw was like, hey, they're mocking our faith. And there's a lot of players that aren't okay with this. And they were like, ah, well, shut up. We'll give you a religious night. But if we were really doing this in the name of tolerance and equality, wouldn't we just give a night where we could mock the other religions? I mean, in theory, I'm not asking to. Okay, but we're co-signing onto a deal that is not equality. It is not equality when you can mock one religion and not another. And it is not tolerance. It is not tolerance. Okay. If you say, well, these people that are not in agreement with these nuns should lose their right to speech. That is not tolerance. Tolerance is your ability to coexist with something you don't agree with. So in theory, yes, we should express tolerance and allowing these nuns to go out there and do Lord knows what. Okay. But in theory, is it true tolerance if you can't do it to any other religion? Okay. And I think everybody listening to the show knows the answer. And that's the scam of the time we're living in. Okay. It's pride. It's pride every day of the year. Okay. In this day and age. And that's fine. Guys want to go get married. You ever been to Key West? It's great. They're having a great time. Happy hour starts at like 10 in the morning. There's nice, they're really nice sunsets. Everybody's half in the bag. They're riding around on boats. They're going fishing. It's epic. Okay. But understand. Okay. What they're doing at Dodger Stadium is not pride. It's not we're proud to be gay. It's openly hostile towards the Christian faith. Here is Kirk Cameron. Okay, and I'll even give you some Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling was on Ingram last night. Okay, talking about the side they've taken. It's clip 49. The Dodgers clearly picked a side, right? I mean, they, they were going to have this night, and a Christian group, a Catholic group, came out in uh, and, and said, hey, you know what? This is incredibly offensive to our religion. And the Dodgers said, okay, we'll cancel it. Well, then this small minority of very vocal people got up in arms, and the Dodgers recanted. So they picked a side. We would rather offend Catholics than we would the sisters of whatever bad dancing on poles they call themselves. I don't even know. Point being, they picked a side. And and if one thing yeah. has has not been seen over the last 30 days, it's that we as conservatives, our capitalism is a wonderful thing. What we're doing to the companies that are going woke and the, and the value that they're dropping, the billions and billions of dollars, needs to be the wake-up call. He's not wrong there, okay, because this is not something the customers asked for. Me and Lincoln were at the Yankee game Saturday. We had just a great time. Yeah, it's a nice day. Yankees wanting a walk-off. It was, you know, exciting stuff, okay? When we got into the Bronco at the end of the day, we had a lot of discussions. None of them was, you know, it was a good game. But if only they had some cross-dressing drenched nuns disrespecting Jesus. I mean, is it really a ball game if we don't have a drag queen committing vile sex acts in the outfield. I mean, come on. You call this a baseball game? That's the point. This has nothing to do with baseball and everything to do with the weaponization of pride in an effort to play along with this manufactured civil rights movement that anybody who doesn't co-sign on these democratic ideals is somehow a transphobe or a bigot. Nobody is saying drag queens are bad. Nobody is saying you can't be transgender. 
What they are saying is when I go to a baseball game, I don't see it to see a guy dressed up as a female nun doing bad things to Jesus. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I promise, okay, if there's one thing I know about well, it's sports fans. Okay, I am a guy who paid and didn't pay his rent for the better part of 10 years from betting on sports. Okay, been to a lot of sporting events. Okay, it's, you know, I... I come from one of those intellectually stunted households where we communicate through sports phrases. That's what I'm known for here at Fox. I walk around and just talk to people in sports cliches. Ah, walks as good as a hit, bro. You know, it's what I'm doing every day. Ah, you got to play the teams on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way I talk. That's what I come from. This is my background. And I promise you, this has nothing to do with sports fans. They didn't ask for this. Okay, when you go to a ball game, you're not going there to take pride in, you know, your sexual orientation. You're going there because you like baseball. Okay, it's not about who you're screwing. You're already getting screwed by the beer prices. Okay, regardless of your orientation, here's a newsflash. When you want to talk about inclusivity, we are all getting screwed at the concession stand. But let me give you a little Kurt Cameron, too, because he'll get called a bigot and a homophobe and a transphobe and everything in between. But here he is talking about the blowback against Pride Night, clip 50. I love to see not just pitchers being red-pilled and waking up out of the woke matrix. I'm seeing thousands of families across the nation that want to deactivate the progressive machine that seeks to obliterate reality and morality. And I'm seeing that at these public uh, libraries where I'm reading these books of virtue and wisdom. And they're saying, thank you for coming to these broken cities because we want this stuff for our kids. Now, listen. Kirk Cameron will get trashed for that as some type of a bigot, and now he's forcing his religion on you and everything in between, okay? But the point I'm trying to make here, and this, this matters because this is how the game gets played. The Democrats run, okay? We say this all the time. The race card's a big one, but any type of phobia, any type of a bigotry that can be weaponized, that is the playbook. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, but understand, that's what this is. They take the ball way out of bounds. And then when you throw the challenge flag, they go, oh, you're only saying that because you must be a transphobe. You must be a bigot. What the hell's wrong with this guy? That's what they're doing in this instance. They're shoehorning it under the pride banner. Because it allows them to accuse you of bigotry against so many things. Kids, adults, gay marriage, the transgender community. But that's the secret here. This is not pride, okay? Nor is it what the manager meant when he sent in the sign for a drag bunt. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. A lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Your radio buddy taking the show on the road the rest of the weekend. Tomorrow, I am out at Hofstra University for the Talkers Convention on Long Island. It's an annual radio get-together. 
It's basically a day for radio executives to expense their drinking problems. Uh, and that happens out on Long Island, the, holding up the bar. Uh, you may hear me guesting on this show. I will also be guesting on the Guy Benson show. And then Saturday, I am in Davenport, Iowa, girlfriend, at the Adler Theater. Still some seats left to see myself and Kennedy. And if you did not hear the breaking news... Uh, the Kennedy Show on Fox Business is no more. Tonight is the final episode after an eight-year run of glory. Adored the world over. Uh, Kennedy will remain here at Fox News as a contributor. You'll certainly hear her on this show all the time. She'll have her podcast. She'll be an outnumbered. She'll be on The Five. She'll be on America's Newsroom. The sun never sets on the Kennedalia empire, but the folks at Fox Business have, in fact, pulled the plug on her show. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Now, the way TV works, man, just so you understand, uh, all of us who work in TV are so grateful because at one point we were people who aspired to work in TV. So the fact that we've had this incredible opportunity fills us with so much gratitude that on the days you get good news and on the days you get bad news, there's still this percentage of you that never got any of this news that is still sitting here like, wow, this is pretty cool, man. That's the problem with this gig. It's pretty, it's, it's, you know, it's awesome. But the reason I love radio more than TV, for real, just between me and you, uh, is because you can have real conversations. You're not, you know, rushed in and out of a topic in three minutes. We could blow an hour on this if we needed to. Uh, sadly, we do have a commercial break coming up. Uh, but Diamond Dave Landau is on the other side of it, and he will continue this conversation about what's going on in Major League Baseball where the Dodgers are honoring a bunch of transgender nuns. Did you know Sam Brinton, the guy from the Biden administration, is a part of that group, which means on the plus side, the Dodgers finally got a guy out there who can steal. Good night, everybody. you damn right they are. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That is Motley Crue singing Girl Don't Go Away Mad, which I do believe now is titled Them Don't Go Away Mad. You don't want to get Vince Neil and the boys canceled. Uh, joining us now is a man who could never be canceled because he's comedy, comedy sexiest man, Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, is that the Motley he hymns? <laughs> Think about girls, girls, girls. Do you want to go to the strip club and hear they's, they's, they's? You don't. No, then you got to start asking yourself other questions. <laughs> Are you sure? Do you like surprises? Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're girls, right? Ah, just nope. come in. Nobody wants to hear smoking in the person's room. No. Smoking in the person's room. <laughs> it's not the same. They're ruining pop culture. Can we just start there? Did he say he's, she, them? I don't understand this song. <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, scent of a what is a woman. New Hollywood remake. Uh, yes. Not good. Yes. Not good. Yes, pretty person. But, I, yeah, I'm gonna, but I'm going to let you in on some breaking news that you didn't know as just a regular tax-paying person who just goes about his business in this American life. I know you didn't know this, okay? So, you know, buckle up. I hope you're not driving. Uh, it's, no one knows this, and I wish someone would acknowledge it already, but it's Pride Month. Is it really? I, I, it's so under the radar. It's, <laughs> they, they only painted it over my child's entire school and shot rainbow flags at me with a T-shirt gun when I walked out of my house this morning. But absent that, yeah, I wouldn't my, have known. Yeah. Other than that, other than the fact that they yeah make 
toddlers wear it as a uniform now. I don't think that I'd, I'd heard of it. Uh, <laughs> they, so this is, what is it they're proud of exactly? I, I've not even heard of the term. They were actually, I'm not kidding, at Lincoln School this morning, they were actually branding them like they were cattle. Like when I dropped them off in the traffic circle, they were actually branding a rainbow flag onto their butt cheek before they walked into class. It's like, come on, man. We get it! We get it! And again, this is the point we come back to. We talked about this last week. It's not a backlash against pride. Like, we're laughing at how omnipotent it is in our lives. But the backlash is against them repurposing something as pride. Transgender nuns going potty. I, I, actually, I'm not even going to get into it, okay? But transgender nuns right. doing foul <laughs> things to the Lord and Savior has nothing to do with pride. In fact, if you're participating in such a ritual, I would offer that you suffer from a lack of pride. Do you not? (laughs) I would actually say I would assume your parents are anything but proud of you. This is... I would say it doesn't doesn't come up a lot. Like, oh no, hey dad, I'm gay. That's great. Now we're both going to be climbing across at a pool party. All right. Well, you know what, son? I was going to let you stay, but. <laughs> of, all the, of, of all the letters home from school, this might be the one they don't hang on the fridge. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But here's my question. Okay, seriously. Okay, is there any other religion you could do this to at a corporate sanctioned event? Could you imagine we had a Sisters of Disrespect Muhammad night at the L.A. Dodgers? Is there enough security oh. in the world for that? <laughs> you wouldn't even make it into the building. Think about it. You that. would just be on your way there, and they'd be like, oh, what, what was that noise? Oh, it was the 19 explosions that were just at the tailgate. And, and, and we're not wrong. We're not being bigots. Think about the Charlie Hedbo story, where they literally just drew a cartoon of Muhammad. They, everyone got killed, like actually killed. And we were like, all bodies, right, no, F, yeah, go ahead. Everywhere. No, you're right, bodies. No, it's true. And South Park had the same problem where mm-hmm. they wanted to draw them. And they were like, you just can't. We're not going to allow you to. Like, you can do anything else on your show. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. The pilot episode was Jesus fights Santa. Mm -hmm. But when it got to any other religion like that, then they made fun of Jewish people. They made fun of everybody. But when it got to that, it was like, no, 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 we can't. We we, we could die. Yep. But it's, it's psychotic. We're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. And the truth is, in L.A., and this is where this is a loss for Democrats, but it doesn't really get spoken to. Uh, L.A. is one-third Catholic. They have a very big Latino population. Yeah. And, you know, the Democrats, you know, live and die on minority support. This is one of those areas where they're losing it and they don't even realize it. Because the thing is, regardless of how religious you are, okay, if you're a parent, you take your kid to a ball game, you know, you shell out the $7,800 it costs for three tickets and a hot dog these days. The one yes. thing, you know, when your kid puts on the mitt that day that he's not hoping to catch is a drag show, a blasphemous drag show. <laughs> so it's weird because there's like this non-consensual thing going on where it's being forced on the actual consumer. You know, no one's asking for this. I mean, I, you listen, you traffic in some pretty interesting risque circles yourself. Are they asking for this in the green rooms at the Diamond Dave shows? Of course not. And if you go to that, I mean, these are people that practice Santeria. And have and I, I do know that is a sublime quote, but it is true. Uh-huh. And it's like you have these people that are deeply seated in religion and their faith. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you are going to bring somebody there where it's like, okay, well, uh, let's just hope it's just baseball tonight. But yeah, when it com- when it comes to yeah my shows, 
I've only had a couple times where I've had an issue where one time a guy stood up and I was talking about trans Olympic swimming. Yeah. And the joke was me saying how bad I would be if I were to compete as a woman. Uh-huh. And that's so I'm just saying, like, you know, like after one lap, I'd be at the side of the pool. The announcers are like, who's that fat girl? <laughs> I, I think she has emphysema. <laughs> uh, she doesn't even shave. And it's like a guy stood up going, this is the most homophobic show I've ever been to. Oh. And there were gay people in the crowd, and he was going to pause his camera phone Mm -hmm. until he realized no one was with him because my response was like, you get I'm making fun of me, right? (laughs) And he's like, well, and he tried to like double down. I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about me being unathletic and woman-like. Yes. You're mad because you just came here, and he was alone trying to make a statement with his phone, and then he didn't get what he wanted. So. Yeah, I think it's it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I guess there's some form of it. I don't know. He didn't look very proud. (laughs) Well, I would tell you one thing, by the way, that you know, like nothing about this story surprises me in terms of you standing your ground and winning because one thing is comics – that we've always known as guys that were in clubs the last four or five years is this has always been a tyranny of the minority. You know, the truth is, like, comedy club audiences don't, the vast majority of them, don't shell out the money for tickets and a two-drink minimum because they want to ruin the comic's life. They're actually just coming to laugh, and they know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. But we ceded so much, for real, but we ceded so much power to the outrage mob that they've gotten away with doing this as a tyranny of the minority, as labeling stuff as bigotry or homophobia or anything in between. That's where the Dodgers find themselves, okay? They invited this group. And then somebody was like, oh, by the way, have you guys seen the video of the performance? Uh, It's basically a reenactment of the film The Aristocrats. Okay, it's like a telling of the aristocrats, every depraved, vile sex act that could be described to you. Oh, it's a nice show. What do you call it? The aristocrats, that whole thing. And, you know, Uh, but the point is, yes, the Dodgers were like, all right, maybe we shouldn't have this at a family ball game. But what happened was the other side was willing to yell louder. Like we officially now live in a world where whoever's willing to complain the most will just get their way. Isn't that what this is? It absolutely is. Whoever is the loudest on Twitter. It's not even about numbers because the people who go to the baseball game, like I have a friend, uh, uh, his name is Travis. He's a gay, a gay guy and he loves hockey. And he's, uh, he was like a wrestler and stuff in high school. I mean, you knew that already, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) kidding Travis, but, uh, but yeah, he, he, they did kind of that pride thing at a a Detroit hockey game. And he's like, can we just enjoy a night? Like, why does this have to be like, I came to watch a hockey game. Like, there's no reason I should have to sit here and be like, no, it's good. I'm one of them. (laughs) So it's nuts because it's just I've always wanted to wear rainbow suspenders to a ballpark. (laughs) But, dude, that's where we are now, and it's being forced on them. Do you remember the guy we were talking about? This was like a month, not a month ago. It was probably like five months ago when they were doing this to the to the hockey player. They were having a night where they were going to wear, like, rainbow flag jerseys. Like, it's Pride Month yeah. now, but they were doing it months back. And, again, you don't go to a hockey game uh, because of your sexual orientation. You know what I'm saying? You just go because you like hockey. But the part I hate about this, this this is where I really think they're blowing a a good thing. And I say this about Hollywood a lot, too, is because they were common culture and because everyone frequented this stuff, they were able to command the salaries that they did. You know, it's like Hollywood actors getting political and alienating half of the country are having an adverse impact on their own prosperity. 
And it's not because these guys are principled. I mean, they gave a standing ovation to Roman Polanski. You know what I'm saying? These are not. Oh, a, of course. Yeah, these are not a principled people. Okay, they all covered well, up for <laughs> Harvey Weinstein for 20 years. You know what I'm saying? I was just going to say. You say, yeah. There's not a movie out of the last 20 years until a year ago that didn't say Weinstein on it. Yeah. So you guys knew something. <laughs> there, 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 there wasn't. There wasn't a casting call in the last 20 years that you could turn on a blacklight at. And not actually no. lose your physical appetite. Okay. Right, and not just think you were in a planetarium. No, no. Yeah, we're not talking about the solar system, although you might have saw the little dipper. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, but stick with it. Okay. But the point is they were all complicit in going along with that. And I always say this to Hollywood, okay? Like Hollywood people, hit the, they're famous because they hit the genetic lottery. Actors are stupid. Most of them are stupid. We know a lot of actors, okay? There are certainly yeah. some smart ones out there. We don't want to deny anybody their platform. But the vast majority of Hollywood is just they're so good looking that we're willing to pay 20 bucks to watch them recite the words that were written by an ugly person. Is that not how Hollywood works? You understand? And be- – Yes. I mean, you've been in the writers' rooms. I've been in the writers' rooms. We are not show ponies. You're not walking into the writers' room. Feel, you never leave a writers' room going. I got to work out. You know. No. And if I'm if a comic's invited onto a set or to audition for a role, it's because they need a neighbor who's <laughs> going to relate to an audience member that's overweight. <laughs> you're never, you're never getting invited in for a flattering role. Is the point we're trying to make? Yes. Nobody, nobody's ever said we need a Dave Landau's bone structure type. Because <laughs> they've never seen the bone structure. That's the problem. It's, it's, no, it's just pretty much chin to chest. It's it's so funny. The only time as comics we've ever been cast is like, hey, we're looking for somebody who can be in the last week of this Elvis biopic. Uh, you'll be playing. Yeah. You'll be playing Elvis August thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, nineteen seventy-three. It's August yeah, we, seventy-seven. We're up to three and a half pounds of bacon a day. Yeah, you're going to be wearing giant sunglasses and sideburns, uh, and your face will be mostly blurred out. Don't even worry about. We we need somebody. We need somebody who can facial sweat in twelve degree weather. Yeah, uh, yes, is that possible? Now, do you bring your own cocaine, or do you want us to bring our own face? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it would help if we could tangibly hear your heart like the struggling ignition on a Chevy V8. The yeah, 76 do, you put, do, you wanna, do you want to put us exactly, put six steps right in front of the toilet you die on? <laughs> that would, <laughs> That's funny. How tall are you? We need to know for the chalk outline guy who's going to be depicting the bathroom scenes. Approximately, approximately six one. Thank yeah, you very much. We need we we need you as face down, Elvis. <laughs> mom, I'm in a movie. I'm in a movie. What do you mean? Yeah, you, I'm the last. And even your mom. The last one. Yeah, and even your yeah. mom would be like, "Yeah, you're too fat. You couldn't be in a movie." Yeah. Oh, darn come on, yes, yeah, it's not. Come on, Elvis looks better than that. There's still a charm to him. <laughs> so good. Uh, happy Pride Month. Where are you this weekend? Next weekend, so they know. Oh, I'm in Buffalo this weekend, then off to Dayton, Ohio next weekend. This weekend's at Helium, and then uh, yeah, my birthday's next week. So I didn't know that I was born during Pride Month, but that's an exciting thing to be reminded of by. Everyone. <laughs> Happy. Happy Pride, Diamond Dave. We're going to make it the best one Thank ever. You. I'll see you soon, girlfriend. Yeah. Be well. Back after this. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, girl. It is the high flying death defying Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are, of course, in the bottom of the ninth today. But tomorrow, I will be out at Hofstra on Long Island with the gentleman sitting next to me. He is, of course, a Texas radio legend, a frequent fill-in guest on this show. Uh, the owner, the man who runs the legendary KTBB in East Texas, Tyler, Texas, to get specific. Hey, girl, Tyler Longview. Paul Gleiser's in the house. Yo, yo. Yo. Great. Happy Pride Month, man. Well, yeah, listen, isn't it exciting? It's such a big deal in Tyler. Yeah, yeah, it's huge and in Tyler. The, the fact that you came to Fox today and gave out Tuckett bathing suits to all the parents Absolutely. for their children. Absolutely. I can't thank you. Can you, imagine, <laughs> can you imagine trying to do something like that in, in my part of the world? You've been there. You've been there how many times? Now? Dude, I almost got beat up for wearing white cowboy white boots. cowboy boots nearly Let got alone you a killed. girl's bathing suit for a two-year-old boy. <laughs> and besides which, what does it have to do with going up, going to a ball game? Oh, this is all nuts. It's, it's nuts. horrible. This is the move, though. And it's, this is the move. And we know this is the move now. Okay? They always go too far because they know they'll be blowback. And they label the blowback as bigotry. It's like that's how men can get pregnant started. Men can't get pregnant. We know there's a biological fact. They just can't get pregnant. We can't get pregnant. And I'm glad we can't get pregnant. No, I'm, I'm be honest. Oh, I'm it's a real very unpleasant delivery experience yeah. for you and me. Oh, yeah. Okay? And I know it's no picnic for the ladies, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a <laughs> rough wor- day at the inn. Be worse for us. Yeah, wow. So a long couple of innings at the ballpark <laughs> before we're mercifully yanked from the game. Uh, but the point is they drew the line there because then we go, well, what are you talking about? And then they go, bigotry, because that's the playbook now. We're not debating anything of substance. And I bring this up, why? Because if the Republicans actually want to win, because they don't win this argument, because most of the country sees the Republicans as bashing pride, because that's how they label it. You understand? Yeah, I do understand It's like what they do with the Inflation Reduction Act. It had nothing to do with inflation, but they called it the Inflation Reduction Act. And if you oppose it, then you don't want to reduce inflation. What do you mean you don't want to lower inflation? Come on, I'm getting killed over here. Okay, so stick with me. Texas radio legend Paul Gleiser in studio. The point is for the Republicans uh, to win this thing, they got it. They have to. They actually have to stay on the substantive side of this, no matter who it is, no matter who the nominee is. Okay, if it's Tim Scott, DeSantis, Trump, if it's my guy Kanye. Okay, uh, we had this talk yesterday yeah, with the caller. Yeah, okay, yeah. but the point is, whoever it happens to be, just substance, because the substance favors the Republicans. But we're very dangerous right now. Okay, uh, and this is a conversation to be had about the Democrats. They have taken us here. To this place where we no longer engage in substantive debates. It's not a Republican thing. That is a Democratic thing. Absolutely. Okay. No, w- w- there's no version of Republican principle that does this to a ball game. Correct. You know, you know, Victor Davis Hanson wrote yesterday in his piece is that maybe all of this has finally awakened the conservative dragon and starting to breathe some fire. Yeah. And if you if you don't believe that, look at the look at the share price of InBev, Anheuser yeah. Busch. Look what happened to Target. Look what's happened to Disney. I don't think the Dodgers are going to come out of this as winners. I hope not. You know, the thing is, sports usually gets away with it in the long term because people like sports and they grew up and it's in great. That's how they survive. You know, the, in the, NFL, the NFL bounce back from yeah, Kaepernick and all of that's is. all true. Sports usually doesn't get the bill, but in the short term, I hope they do because uh, this yeah. is this is BS. Bud Light right now is in some cases they're giving it away. I understand that. A $17.49 rebate. Fakadu owns the 7-Eleven near my house. I stop and get coffee every day. So I just ask him, how's the Bud Light going? He says, that's the same Bud Light that's been sitting there for two months now. Wow. Just nobody will buy it. They're selling it by me. I'm not kidding. The rebate brings it down to a dollar. Wow. How about that? And and Dylan Mulvaney will throw in a free set of nuts. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, Come on. Oh. Boom. I got a million of them. Oh, oh. That was the worst thing I ever Come heard. Come on. We had to have one. Uh, but it's crazy. 
It is crazy. And, and and why can't you just sell the beer? You know, Budweiser used to do brilliant advertising. Yeah, the uh, best ever. Some of the best advertising on the planet came from Budweiser. And they and they go to this? Nuts. I'm saying. We went from the customer's always right to the customer's always a bigoted transphobe. Absolutely I'm true. telling you it's bad marketing. But Paul Gleiser, you're great radio. You know, you're leading off tomorrow and I'm doing a panel show. There's still time for people flying in to, to change their mind. <laughs> Buckle up, Hofstra. We're coming your way. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.